researching how are coconuts grown? Like, it, are they cutting down rainforest to grow coconut plantations too? And what, what we found was even worse, that what the worst part about the way that coconuts are grown is that they are being harvested by primates, pigtailed macaques. Today we're going to be talking about the abuse of monkeys in the coconut industry. And even if you're a person who doesn't like coconuts, chances are that in the course of your going about your normal day, you have used products with coconuts in them because co coconut and its derivatives are in everything. everything. It's in cosmetics. It's in uh, body lotions, uh, shampoos, conditioners. Household cleaning products. Household cleaning products. Toothpaste. Soaps. So if you have just had an, if you've gotten out of bed today, <laughs> you probably used, used coconuts. coconuts. And the coconuts that are in those products were almost certainly picked by an abused monkey. And it's something that Jennifer and I have been talking about for 10 years, and today we'll, we'll be talking about how we found out about it and why that's important. But also, it was the subject of a recent study by a team from Oxford who went to Thailand and saw this abuse firsthand. For those who want a quick read and to find out what the study found and also what they can do about it, click on the link in on my Substack page. You'll find an article that'll take you about 10 minutes to get through, or you can listen to, to it as an audio file. We are going to talk about the larger issue, not just about what the study found, but about how we found out about it and why that's important, and specifically how we birthed this issue because when we first found about it nobody was talking about it right oh yeah right when we found out about it we it was kind of even hard to find any information about it that wasn't from a perspective that was not necessarily an animal welfare perspective at right all. no animal groups at all were talking about it there were no articles in mainstream publications I, there were maybe uh, one or two that talked about it from an amusement perspective yeah they were they were from like a Thai tourist publications or newspapers that were kind of like talked about it as sort of an interesting, uh, quirky tourist attraction that you could go see the farms or the... I you can know, see you monkeys pick coconuts, Yeah, where, right? they, were, where they were trained. And, and it, we, it didn't discuss any of the abuse that we now know is just absolutely widespread and inherent in the process itself. So yeah, so we had to sort of cobble together a picture of what was actually going on. And then what's so gratifying, not gratifying because it's terrible, but... Uh, What's the word? Uh, the the Oxford study that's recently come out actually vindicates a, a lot of what we were saying, and then actually added some additional information that was even so it was even worse than we thought based right. on what they found. And that study cited an article that we wrote years earlier that first brought this issue to national prominence. So in the course of our discussion, people will see how you take an issue that perhaps nobody's talking about it and get to a point where we are now where Carrie Johnson, the wife of Boris Johnson, the UK prime minister, has made this an issue. Companies like uh, Costco are boycotting coconut products from Thailand over primate abuse. And we've seen articles in publications like the Washington Post, NPR, the BBC, and others. So Talking let's, about this. let's no, get that, into yeah, it. That also helps. It, it, this discussion also touches on how we figured out what's, what to do about it. 
Right. So and and because we and what not to do. Yes, about it. because when we fir- <laughs> when we first started, right. we had some ideas, and they turned out to be, to all, be wrong. all wrong. So okay, and so, we will share those today. Yeah. So. so let's get into it. First of all, you're the first person that brought this to my attention, so our attention. So talk about how you found out about this. Okay, so I'll go back to the beginning, the publication of our first vegan cookbook, and that's All American Vegan. So you and I have been vegan for a very long time, for like 30 years, right? Before they even knew it was safe. (laughs) Yeah, someone once said that to us, and we thought that was funny. So yeah, we've been vegan for a very long time. And we really started to see discussion of plant-based foods and veganism really gain a lot of traction in the mid, like around the 210s or so. I don't know. What do we call that? In the the knots, I guess. In the knots. Right. And we were, uh, one of the things that really was disconcerting about that, of course, course it was great news to see veganism and plant-based diets being talked about more than they ever had been. But what was really disconcerting is the way that that veganism was being promoted, was not a version that either of us really recognized or thought was particularly effective if we if you were going to be trying to get large swaths of the American public to adopt a more humane diet. And specifically what we what we didn't like was the health food version of veganism that was being promoted in virtually every magazine, every social media post, every cookbook. It was all pretty much the same, right? Yeah, it was basically 20 something very beautiful women posing on the beach doing yoga poses on the beach with their goji berry smoothies or their i don't know how do you is it a, a kai is it a, a, a kai berry a kai berries <laughs> basically vegan. you don't even peddling know. grains whole grains things ancient, that, ancient grains things that you, you know Coming, being a person who, I mean, you're constantly chastising me when I tell, you ask me what I eat and I tell you and you even ask me, did I heat it up? And the answer is <laughs> usually no, because I'm standing over the sink with a eating straight out of the can. Like right. They were promoting foods as a 30-year vegan who never had a problem eating vegan, never felt it was, except maybe early on where... You had to. The selection was more, way more limited. Well, you also, when you went to a restaurant and you asked if they had anything vegan, you couldn't say that. Well, they didn't even know know what what you meant. meant. They thought you were from another planet, right? So, So, (laughs) however, like as someone who's eaten, who's been vegan for for decades and always ate like everybody else ate, except it was a plant based version, so it was a vegan burger rather than a cow burger uh to hear to see all these people promoting foods that not only i was didn't know how to pronounce but didn't sound appealing the worry that you know we had always approached our veganism both of us from the very beginning of kind of simple which is how do we make the foods that we've always enjoyed eating in a, in a vegan version so that's just like cuts out so much confusion right there so like you want a stack of pancakes for breakfast. How do you replace the eggs or the butter and the milk in that? And that's all very easy to do with egg replacers and non-dairy milks. And Right. So it, it looks the same. Tastes the and same. And it tastes the same. And it's just as easy to make. And that's the way we've always – and not just the way that you and I have always eaten, but also the way we raised our two vegan kids. Right. And and all the vegans we knew. Yes. So, and more importantly, yeah, all the vegans we right, knew. Well, we so, knew a lot of vegans and, that and the also thing, have kids. And, right. And the thing is, if you met all of us, you'd never know we don't vegan. scream vegan, right? right. <laughs> We're not. We don't do yoga and we don't say namaste and, you know, like we're normal. You know, I, I, I'm an attorney. 
my sister, who's a vegan, is a nurse, a pediatric nurse. We knew a CEO of a company, uh, a person who sells insurance, who is is just a person in every other way and doesn't scream his veganism everywhere. Well, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily go. suspect it by looking up at right. that person, and right. I think that that's certainly a lot more common now. I mean, you being vegans from all walks of life are sort of but we all middle of the I mean, very what you would expect now, right? right. But, but we, not then. But we all ate burgers and we all ate hot dogs, right? right? And we and, didn't care if food was we necessarily didn't necessarily care if it was processed or if it was a frozen food or if it came from a can, right? Like, or if you can, you know, that that it was just to eat, you know, we like to throw something in the microwave and a minute and a half later eat a vegan burrito, exactly. Right? And so, and yet now there was this. Very narrow, very, very narrow vision being promoted by a very narrow segment of the population. And I mean, God love them in the sense that they were, they were eating plants instead of animals. And they appealed to a certain segment of the population. So that just meant more people eating vegan, even if it was eating differently than we were used to eating. But we were concerned that that's not how most Americans eat. Right. right. And we were like, well, how is this ever going to go get widespread? And especially when we did a little research for w- the book we ultimately wrote, what we discovered was that so many people, studies done of failed vegetarians and vegans found that a lot of them, their number one reason that they went that vegan or vegetarian was for animals. For and animals. Then, they loved animals and they didn't want to hurt them. And then the main reason that they fell off the wagon was because they missed the foods they used to eat. And it was inconvenient and, and it was hard. And and which was it was ironic for us given that those were not we didn't we don't miss the foods we used to eat because we just figured out how to make them in a vegan version, right? And so we uh don't find it inconvenient because we don't have to so we don't soak our own beans or <laughs> make our own gluten-free bread, right? We ready-made vegan products. Right. Bread Processed foods, and yeah. and that was frowned upon by this oh, new deeply. crop yeah. of and vegans. and also even treated as in as if that's not vegan. Like you're not a vegan if you eat uh, white rice instead of brown. It just it was so confusing. We worried that it was confusing to people. And and we had firsthand right because when we went on, we went we did a national tour for redemption. My for first your book, book redemption, right? And every because all the uh, book signings and and talks that I gave were hosted by a local animal group. After the event, that local rescue group, we went out to dinner with them, right? And given that we were eating vegan, the subject of our veganism came up, and inevitably, right, they would say, "Oh, I can never be vegan because I miss I'll miss ice cream, or I'll miss cheese, or I love burgers and fries. I like going through the drive-through. It's just on the way home, or something like that." And we had to explain to them, "Well, we love those things too. And right. In we fact, just... we do all those things. We eat ice cream, and we eat potato chips, and we eat burgers and fries, and a lot of them express shock. So we realized that by selling a very narrow version of veganism that was based on whole grains and ancient grains and foods that you never heard of with names you can't pronounce, that we were potentially, as a movement, alienating the very people who – like. 
rescuers who love animals who might be open to this, right? right. So if, we if wanted, they thought it was if they weren't confused about how hard it was going to be, or they weren't confused if there were it. two hurdles they had to overcome, right? And that's right? the thing we explain that in the book and you, the animals. Yeah, uh, like people come to us, they want information, and now you're telling them not only do you have to give up the, the, these foods that you love, but you have to learn to eat these foods that are unfamiliar and might not taste so not, great. Might not taste right. So, so we decided to write a cookbook, All American Vegan, that veganized the kind of uh, menu you might find at a local diner in a vegan version. So, right. So we took a couple of years. We just we went through. We worked just worked really hard to come up with delicious vegan versions of all the foods that we were eating. Lasagnas, hamburgers, hot dogs, pies, tuna melts, BLTs, fried chicken with mashed potatoes. We even, you even created a whole ready-made Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah. Right. So so anyway, we wrote this cookbook, (laughs) and it was designed definitely to uh, to appeal to the 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 average American, and it's we called it all American vegan, right? So. This cookbook was out for a couple years when um, information and and it, in it we record as much as possible. We included re- some ready-made items in there that people could could um, use when they were making vegan food. And and on our website also we recommended our favorite brand name foods that would make making some of them easier, like ready-made vegan cheeses and what brand of egg replacer do we use and what's our favorite soy milk and that kind of thing. Um, and we did recommend vegan butters in there. Like that's a part of uh, a lot of our uh, recipes included vegan butters. Margarine and, and things that you- I mean, not all margarines are vegan, but uh, right. yeah, but there are plenty of vegan. There were at that time also even vegan margarines then. So after it came out in 2011, there started to be more awareness about the production of palm oil. And palm oil is uh, an oil that is used in many vegan butters and used in a lot of different products. The production processes related with palm oil started to gain a lot more public awareness. You want to talk about those? Well, so f- first of all, palm fruit, which is where the oil comes from, is grown in tropical climates, climates like Malaysia, like Indonesia. And as veganism started to take off and as concern over the health effects of what is it? Hydrogenated oil. Hydrogen so, trans yeah. fats. Trans fats were a replacement for trans fats when people became aware of how unhealthy they were was uh, palm oil. Because it's- Palm oil-based butters. It's and, solid and, 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 in, in room temperature, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so the demand, not only because there was a lot more palm oil as a, as a dairy replacement, but just in general in a lot of American snack foods and um, different- Fried foods. Fried foods. Right. Trans fats were being replaced by palm oil. So the demand for palm oil just around that time shot through the roof. Which meant more palm fruit plantations. And the initial concern was that it was – they were raising habitat for orangutans and rhinoceros and what other animals? Uh, Elephants and tigers, tigers and rhinoceroses and primates too. And, yeah, and, that and orangutans. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so they were they were cutting down rainforest where these animals lived in order to plant palm palm. Which were wiping out these animals, but that's not the only. That was the, that was that was the initial two, concerns, right. and then uh, from an animal rights perspective, it was what was happening to the animals who were caught eating the palm fruit on the plantations. They were shot 
and beaten. They were and beaten and in some cases even set on fire. I yeah, mean, really horrific stuff. And so uh, a large uh, number of vegan and non-vegan organizations were calling attention to this and urging companies to stop using palm oil. And so we wanted to take out all recipes. Well, actually, we wanted to offer our own Oh, this, we, this, right. this actually started, a lot of vegans started experimenting with creating butter at home that didn't include palm oil. So, and there, that was sort of a big thing. I don't know if it's, well, that was a big thing for a while, figuring out how to make your own vegan butter. And so we decided, well, we want, we would, we would add a recipe to All American Vegan that included a recipe for vegan butter. Without. That didn't include palm, palm oil. Palm oil because all the margarines that were, and Vegan butters on the market had palm fruit in it. So we wanted to create an alternative that people can whip up themselves at home. Uh, And this was before the explosion in margarines and butters that – I mean now you can get margarines and butters that are vegan that don't have – palm oil in it, but, but they have coconut oil, have coconut which, oil, which is right. what we were first going to use in our homemade recipe. Right. When I was researching recipes online, how do you go about making vegan butter, which turns out it's actually not that difficult. But most of those recipes that were by vegans that were veering, didn't want to use palm oil, were using coconut oil. And that sounded good at first. I was like, oh, that's fine. Especially because, you know, you can buy actually a deodorized coconut that doesn't have that flavor of the coconut in it. So you really could make a, a vegan butter that didn't have any... Coconut taste. Taste to it. You, Which yeah. some people don't like people and don't is like. very strong. Right. But it has the properties of palm oil or of a hydrogenated oil, which is it's very shelf stable and it stays solid at room temperature, right? Which is what a lot, and it's very good in baked goods. So, it occurred to me while I was doing this research that coconuts are grown in the same region of the world as palm oil is grown, like equatorial palm fruit. Palm fruit I'm sorry, palm fruit. Uh, equatorial regions in the tropics might coconut oil. The demand for coconut oil, which at that time was actually going through the roof, like uh, almost all new vegan products. Have, have something coconut in them. Mostly like all vegan cheeses have coconut oil. Uh, margarines switched from palm fruit to uh, Yeah, because of this oil. demand. I mean, vegans were writing these companies and saying, are you, is there palm oil? And they would say, no, we, we're, we have coconut oil. Right. So I was like, huh. So coconut <laughs> became kind of the darling, the darling of, of the, the plant-based food movement. Uh, but even if people aren't vegan, it's also in everything else. So you so coconut demand was skyrocketing across the As world. As palm oil was going through the roof, so was coconut right. oil. And they're from the same area of the world. Eighty percent of the coconuts that people use for whatever reason, either eating coconuts, drinking or coconut water, the, or in shampoos or cosmetics, their right? Their derivatives, right? Come from Southeast Asia, which is where these palm plantations were, which were doing all these horrible things to animals. So the question Most was: of them. There's also some in South Africa, right. South America. Okay. But in terms of Southeast Asia coconuts, right. our question was, is that somehow different? Right. Are they well, doing the same thing? Well, are the they same doing the thing? same thing? So I started researching, what, what, how are coconuts grown? Like, are they cutting down rainforest to grow coconut plantations too? And what I found was that, I, that, that no one had been talking about. What, what we found was even worse, that what 
the worst part about the way that coconuts are grown is that they are being harvested by primates, pigtailed macaques. And the research that we started doing revealed that these pigtail macaques, they come from their their mothers are shot. Well, first of all, before you get there, there were no articles in any mainstream publication. So it's not like you found a New York Times article no, that so, talked yeah, about exactly. it. No, so I found tour- mostly, the, like I mentioned earlier, articles right, celebrating but, this quirky little tourist attraction right. of Right, so also, also there were no animal groups. No animal rights groups were talking about boycotting coconut products from Southeast Asia or even just providing any kind of educational alert that – if you this, this are going to eat a, use a product with coconut into it, did you know you might be uh, subsidizing essentially what amounts to monkey slavery? So, so we, so I told you. So you found <laughs> it in. Uh, so there was like one guy who did a YouTube video. Who that was came like, later, though. Okay. That, so first of all, we start. So this was like what ten years ago. So this yeah. was a while ago. So yeah, we just started trying to figure out what was going on. I remember I did find one article from a journal. I can't even remember what it was. I think it had something to do with the coconut industry, and it was either from the eight from the late eighties, early nineties. And it discussed it from a very clinical aspect of like, this is what's going on and this is how they harvest there. It wasn't, it was morally neutral. It didn't, wasn't horrified by the treatment these monkeys were receiving. But so that, so I knew that, that, that there, I got information from that. And then we just started finding different articles about it and trying to figure out where, what was going on. Like, and, and so what we found out was basically that these, that they, they take the, the pigtailed macaques are harvesting most of the coconuts in certain countries in Southeast Asia. And they're- Well, well specifically Thailand, Thailand, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know that then. So we didn't know that then. That, okay, but, yeah, we yeah, didn't know that Southeast then. Southeast Asia, where, where pigtailed macaques exist, then right. we were worried that it was everywhere. And what we found was that they were, so the, they would go out and they would shoot the mothers and take the babies of these- of these primates. And we found out more information about the absolute brutality of how they train these poor little monkeys. But at the time we just knew that they took them and then would take them to these places where they would treat, they would basically be beaten into submission. They would be beaten into submission. And forced to work long hours to the point of exhaustion where some of them passed out. Exactly. And and essentially they had short, really brutal lives. And Um, and a lot of the articles about this wouldn't touch, didn't necessarily touch on, on that because they were, a lot of them were, were, approaching it from a tourist angle like go see the monkeys or they were Thailand. industry publications or that industry talked publications. about the efficiency of essentially having this i mean we looked at it as slave labor but this free labor right. where you have these monkeys who don't get pregnant and take family leave who don't need coffee breaks who don't need to who don't complain <laughs> yeah who don't complain right. or if they do complain because they do complain they fight back but they, they can be beaten into submission so it was essentially looked at as a low-cost way to increase the production of coconuts exactly and, and so we put together a picture about what what was happening and i think that's when you published your piece um, so first of all we put it in the cookbook well yeah we, we put it in the cookbook right uh and but, and and then you and we took and at that time we weren't sure what to do about it, so we just took cooked coconut out of the recipes. And then I put it out on social media, and we ultimately uh, wrote an article for the Huffington Post. But one of the responses that we got in the comments, especially on Facebook, oh wait, is, can I say one yeah. thing before you you get into that? That's is that around that time also a young man who is a vegan 
was in Thailand on vacation and he published some videos. He, he started one of his videos. He started with are coconuts vegan? No, they're not. And he explained that from a window, I think it was the hotel he was at or the Airbnb. I can't recall. I don't even know if Airbnb, wherever he was staying, he witnessed a man training his, um, beating the crap out of a little baby monkey that he was training to pick coconuts. And he said he then, um, would go out on different hiking trails and he would see people beating their monkeys that were picking coconuts. I can't recall. He also said that he tried to alert animal groups and kind of got no traction I don't, on that. I don't, I don't remember that. Did he say? I, I thought he, he had said that he can't seem to get anybody interested in this issue and he reached out to the you know established animal protection groups in the United States and elsewhere. And Which is an interesting topic we'll talk about in right. a minute, maybe why that is Couldn't case, get any traction right? and decided to put these YouTube videos and where he filmed some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, so he and, actually filmed it. So now, right, now we, it we had put the story, figured, figured this out, what was going on based on these sources having never been to Southeast Asia ourselves. But here was someone in Southeast Asia that was documenting what was going on and he had video and it was horrible to watch. And uh, so we, so then we knew absolutely this was happening and how widespread, we weren't sure. But at that time, we were just saying uh, Southeast Asia, where the pigtail macaques is boycott Southeast Asian coconuts. And we put that out on Facebook and on Huffington Post. And one of the comments or one of the most common responses that we got on social media is, you know, like which companies are safe, which companies don't use primate labor. And so being... And, and at that time, another group did pick it up. So you put well, out an article well, first, called, did an abused monkey pick, pick your, your coconut? coconut? And then Animal Place, another organization, released an article called, did a monkey pick your coconut? And essentially rewrote what we did. Right. Which is great. I which mean, is we fine. I mean, wanted people to, be, to start spreading the word. I mean, maybe attribution would have been nice, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, we had started writing companies, uh, particularly plant-based foods and people who uh, sold coconut water, asking them, do you use primate labor in your production of coconuts? And Animal Place did the same thing. And we both had fairly similar lists where we had all these companies that wrote back to us assuring us that they were primate labor free, right? Yeah. And some of them just didn't respond at all. A like, lot of them didn't. But yeah. some of them, here's the thing that kind of started to make us suspicious is that nobody said yes. Nobody said yes. And most of them were getting their coconuts from countries like Thailand. And then we found that article from the Bangkok Times uh, that addressed that this was uh, years later in response to after we published the Huffington Post piece, after Animal Place took that article and did their own, uh, this story started to get traction, right? And uh, I think, was it NPR or Washington Post was- Yeah, you were were promoting it a lot on your Facebook page and it was getting a lot of attention. And in the Huffington Post and it was circulating. cross-posting and it started to gain a little bit of attraction. And so the Washington Post picked it up and citing the Huffington Post article did a story uh, and from that, NPR ultimately picked it up, and then BBC did a story, and then there was an article in the Bangkok Times. And I remember reading in that Bang- Bangkok Times article uh, in a uh, uh, industry spokesman saying everyone uses monkeys. You know, right, and that's when we knew suddenly, oh God, we have a problem because we're telling this list probably isn't accurate. Right, and what 
what that spokesman said that was that uh, in Thailand, upwards of 99% of all coconuts are picked by primates. So if the coconut products are coming from Thailand, the claims that they are primate labor-free are dubious. And that struck a chord, right? Because every company that responded said, Literally, sometimes right away, we'd send an email in a little yeah, while. Yeah, that's, the thing. I, that's a, the thing that got me suspicious is that I would send an email, you know, through their... To a company in the United States. Yes. Saying, yes. do the coconuts you get from Thailand... Oh, Blue Angels. Fleet Week. Actually, that's interesting. Sorry, we had to stop. The Blue Angels are overhead. <laughs> that's Fleet Week in, in the in, Bay Area. In the Bay Area, area yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, so these are companies that are based in the U.S. We'd send them an email, vegan companies in some cases. Uh, they get their coconuts from farms in Thailand. and Maybe numerous farms. Yes. Maybe they're sourcing. Maybe they or get from, from all over. Or from, yeah, from, Norm- from numerous countries. Right. But they assured us right away. Like that, within an hour, we'd get yes. an email. They'd be oh, like, of oh, course no, we're not. Fine. We're a vegan company. So yes. we don't exploit animals. Or you'd get the, oh, we're, it's organic. Yes. Which wasn't like. What has nothing to do with, with it. This. Right. So we, were so like, we oh, started we to suspect that our list and the list on Animal Place were inaccurate and these companies were not being honest. Uh, so we shifted gears. Yeah, we decided um, a, a different strategy on what you can do, which I think is the interesting thing about this conversation is where that leads to. What do you do? Right. What do we and, do about and this? And actually, we were – this was trial and error and we – there was there was no roadmap that we could follow, right? So we know the list we have is false. We know these companies, these casual assurances. Well, some of them might be false, you know. Right. right. Yeah. Well, we know that the ones that – sourced from Thailand from Thailand we're, we're, and eventually we learned from Indonesia and Malaysia were almost certainly picked by primates right right based on the Oxford study and other sources the Bangkok Times and what industry spokes uh, people said and so we started we shifted from asking them do you use monkeys in your production to where are your coconuts sourced from and if they responded with any country in southeast asia then we assumed it was probable like err on the side of caution just avoid that area right um and one thing that's an interesting thing to point out is that i think it must be law that says that any product that is a coconut a pure coconut product like coconut oil coconut milk coconut butter coconut what other like coconut meat you know the meat of a coconut all the packaging has to uh, say the country of origin right so, so that doesn't necessarily mean that the country of origin will be on there if it's if a, it's in a if, toothpaste yeah, or a if shampoo it's a derivative right like, and right. it is so every shampoo like yeah, in fact in once we tried to find a shampoo that didn't have coconut because it, it comes under – if you go on allamericanvegan.com, we list all the different names and some of There's them so are many. so obscure. Right. Like you would have no idea, in fact, that that line item in the ingredients list is, it's from, is it's made from, from coconut. Or right? could be made from coconut because also it could also be made from palm oil. Right. Or, right. or, or some other yeah. oil. But nonetheless, um, so we uh, – Decided we were going to boycott all these uh, companies from – so where we were going with that is if you buy, for example, coconut oil, it's very easy to see where the country is from and that will resolve the issue, issue of monkey or not monkey picked. Uh, and uh, 
So we decided. And that, in fact, was confirmed by the Oxford study. Yes. That, yes. That those well, we the, didn't know it at the time. We no, were we just didn't kind know of. Time, but we were trying to figure it right, out. But, right. Just, so. get, just get products from, from countries where there are no macaques so that they cannot be used. Because right. if they're not there, they're not enslaved. Uh, and assume if there are macaques in a certain countries that they are being, because it's cheap labor for them. Uh, and it increases production, so it just means profits on the on the backs of these suffering animals who ultimately sacrifice their entire lives and are killed. We know the mothers are killed in order for them to steal the infants. We know that their lives are misery, and as the and Oxford fear, study, just, they live in right. constant fear. They have post traumatic stress disorder, right? And yeah. uh, and we know that their lives are shorter and at the end of their lives they are abandoned and they cannot take care of themselves and they end up either starving to death or not knowing how to hide from predators and they and, and so yes yeah, so we, we were, so our advice to people and and we, we scrapped our list unless we could find that those companies were sourcing, were sourcing their sourcing coconut from, from non from like Mexico right, or from, from not Guam from those countries or, and then the second thing we did was uh, we encouraged people to if they if there was an ingredient that they knew that was in a particular product to reach out to that company and ask if they knew the source of that particular ingredient what country did this, this coconut, coconut come, from? come from and uh yeah and if nothing else it increase whether or not you get a response to something that specific like you know some art little ingredient at least you're it's it's making more and more people aware of it well two things and the, and the hope that if it's a vegan company they would care right that's one that's probably the most important one but number two, you don't necessarily tell them why you're asking, right? Oh, that so, was an important thing that we stopped at telling them why. Yeah, because we, just, we knew they wouldn't want the controversy. And, and we had some companies say, you know, I'll look into it, but can can I ask why you want this information? And most of the time, I didn't respond to that question, and then they would eventually come back and say Indonesia or Mexico or Thailand or, or wherever. Uh, but then I would tell them. You know, like so. Uh, the, that's yeah. That's what I did. So did when, too. <laughs> when Riley, our daughter, was going uh, on a trip on a trip overseas, and you asked me to get her, I think uh, sunblock, which has coconut oil in it. I was trying to find a sun a vegan sunblock that where the coconut in it was from a non-Southeast non. Asian country, and I would just ask all these companies. Most of them came from Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia. Uh, uh, some because them, it's important, like 80% of all coconuts come from that region, that, right? So chances so are... that they come from that yeah, region. Yeah, so, and, and if they didn't respond, and some companies like Beyond Meat... Yeah, that's... ...told us, stopped responding to us, and then... When we kept at it, they finally said it's proprietary. We're not telling you what country it comes from, yeah. which is why we, don't, we wonder if they we don't eat Beyond Burgers. Google search right. your name and right and saw the article in the Huffington Post. Right, we're not touching it. Right. So nonetheless, we so that's why we we're we're Team Impossible Burger, not Team Beyond Burger, because Impossible Burger does have coconut oil, but from a non macaque using country. And we should note that two other big uh, Miyoko's has said that they do not use primate coconut? They initially did. And so here's the interesting thing. They used a spectrum oil that did source from a macaque using region, but they switched. So they 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 were misled the way we were. And then they eventually decided to follow the supply chain 
and uh, and use from a company that is in a non-macaque using country. Which is great. And yeah. then the other one is Daya. Daya has said that they do not use. Uh, well, they again they <laughs> right. that comes from the Philippines, which we had. Well, are, we should say Daya is a vegan cheese. Yes, and so and their theirs Quite comes delicious. from the Philippines where they don't use macaques. Uh, anyway, so eventually this team from Oxford, citing the Huffington Post piece, decides to send a crew to the farms and, yeah, and I think see that it was for themselves. Maybe, I don't know for sure when, but that could have been when uh, Boris Johnson, so, so, his wife, So Carrie, after Carrie, what, yes, after what the Washington Post and NPR picked this up, then other animal groups dis- couldn't ignore it anymore. We had been promoting it. I had been sharing it on their Facebook pages. I mean, they'd promote a product that had coconut oil that I knew came from Thailand. I'd explain it. Nothing. Nothing. No reply. No interest at all. Which is so weird because these were the same groups that were so concerned about palm oil. And so explain your theory on why Okay, so on why the coconut thing, everyone was just like, yeah, let's just pretend it's not happening. I can only speculate. Yes. So, uh, however, uh, one, there were there was so many new vegan products, and promoting those on social media uh, created a lot of buzz, not just for those products, but for people perhaps you know taking the best possible light, interested in ditching animal products for these plant based products, and also, of course you know, promoting a new vegan cheese got thousands of likes on vegan pages to then turn around and either not promote it because it relies on primate slavery and harm, killing, and two, um, you don't promote it and then you don't get the the likes the likes which are dumb cuz likes are dumb they're not they're nothing you right. know like uh so they so they ignored it yeah and i mean let's just also emphasize that at the time that we first broke that that the one community that was very into promoting veganism as we talked about earlier which is why we wrote all american vegan that whole uh, instagram vegan young 20 something community like very very into coconut oil like right in a weird like coconut oil was the thing but, and they didn't want to hear it yeah it just seemed like which no. which here's the here's the tragedy right i mean people are embracing veganism or maybe just eating more plant-based foods than than they used to because they are concerned about harm to animals. And essentially, they were replacing one harm with this other harm, this ongoing harm where – I'm not downplaying it. I mean where where an animal is killed and then somebody eats them. That – you know, because one, killing is the ultimate harm. But two, there's the brutality of how they were raised – and abused until that point. But nonetheless, they're replacing it with this harm that lasts decades. I mean, these are primates that are stolen from their families as infants. Their mothers are shot. Their mothers are shot and killed. Sometimes they're baited with a wooden box, but mostly their mothers are shot and killed. They are brutally trained. They are mistreated their whole lives, beaten regularly, have and, and no positive stimulation. One of the ways that they're trained is that they need to be able to stand long periods of time on their on 
like a human, like an upright, like right. a Right, which is very unnatural for them. So they are trained. They are literally hung by their- uh, Chained. Chained by their necks yeah. overnight so that they have to stand on their tippy toes so they do not suffocate. And that's how they build up leg muscles for these poor babies when they're being right. trained. They get no kind treatment at all. This is all documented also by the by Oxford. Oxford study. Right. And they have no social- These are very highly gregarious animals, very social animals with others of their kind. And they never have contact. They can see some of them because they're all in chains, but and they can never uh, have contact with each other. And this goes on for years, beatings, their teeth are ripped out because they fight back. You know, yeah. They fight back against and their handlers and they, they fight back by biting. So they rip out their canine teeth. They, uh, their uh, teeth. They're fed caffeinated drinks to make them work. Stimulated, stimulated so that they, drinks, work, so they more, work really work hard. Work to exhaustion. And then- And, and not only that, let's just consider that they're, they're jumping, they're scared because they're high, high in these very tall trees being compelled to jump from tree to tree and they're scared and also these are very hot and humid countries so these are animals that are working long just grueling hours in terrible heat and as they get older and their production slacks off these these are primates that never learn how to take care of themselves they do not know how to forage for food they are do not know how to protect themselves from predators they do not know how to protect themselves from the elements and so they are because they were stolen as infants from the wild before they learned all those behaviors and then they are simply abandoned back in the wild some of them are missing their canine teeth which they need to eat and to defend themselves uh, essentially left to starve. And this goes on for years, right? And then the cycle starts again. They're replaced by other infants. And the reason these Instagram people ostensibly went vegan is... Animal, concern for animal cruelty. For animals. They cared about animals. And yet they were promoting products that replaced one harm with, in some cases, an even worse harm, right? Uh, And... um, they had no interest in it at all. And so we started promoting it ourselves through our own social media channels, through articles in the Huffington Post. And then eventually it got picked up by all these mainstream publications and it became an issue of Carrie Johnson, the wife of uh, England's prime minister, uh, to the point where other gr- other animal groups couldn't ignore it anymore and started making it an issue themselves. And eventually companies like Costco started uh, boycotting or, or refusing to sell products containing coconut that came from Thailand. And what was interesting about the Costco boycott is that they rejected the supplier's assurance that they didn't use primate labor. Right. They, they weren't they naive the way they, they were. Yeah, they, right. So they figured it the out. The fact that we right fi- right. eventually figured it out and informed all these companies, uh, all these publications, right. uh, Costco said, we're not taking your assurance. We are, are avoiding coconut products from Thailand because you Thailand itself said primates pick virtually right. all the coconuts. And, um, and, uh, having their supplier actually visit the farms in these other countries where they get their coconut to make sure that there's no primates. So we essentially took this issue that was a a non-issue and turned it into a movement. Yeah, it's very very exciting in terms of seeing it grow over the last 10 years. I I would say that I'm frustrated that it's still not a bigger issue and that definitely there's so much more work to be done. I'm sure a a lot of people that are listening to this probably had no idea. 
And also there's, even though more animal groups are talking about it, they are talking from both sides of their mouth. So on the one hand, they are saying, this is a terrible thing. Your coconut might be picked by an abused monkey. On the other hand, the yeah, next day they are promoting products- That have coconut oil in From them. Thailand. Right. And so they they want to have it both ways. And so uh, what we recommend uh, if people want to divest themselves- from this abuse is if you use coconut water, if you like to drink coconut water, it'll say on the label product of, as long as it's not Malaysia, Indonesia, or Thailand, you can buy it. Uh, and for those things- and that includes for coconut milk, coconut oil, coconut meat, what else? Things what are the, that are coconut, coconut right. Right. That are basically just that coconut. Have the country of origin, right. right, as we've said. But for things like shampoos and things like uh, soaps and cosmetics and lotions, all of which, and we have a, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's like 50 or 60 different variations of names that some of them are unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah. And you will look at them and not say, this is coconut. Uh, so if you go to allamericanvegan.com and click uh, Advocacy Issues Coconuts, you'll see the list. Contact the shampoo company you use. And ask them a country of origin. Yeah. We also, yeah. So I start asking these companies. If you see that they have an ingredient, we need to, we need to start asking them. The more people that ask, it's very easy for them to switch. Very yeah. Easy. All you have to do is say, what country do you use it from? Don't tell them why. They'll come back if they say Thailand. And then just reply to that email and explain how you were a customer for 30 years. But you will no longer use their product. Here's why. And you can provide a link to the Substack article or uh, our, that we wrote, or right, the Huffington or, Post article, or the All American Vegan yeah, page, because it has actually a lot of photos and videos and other forms of documentation and flyers that yes, you can actually the send the company. Yeah, so we created a flyer, a front and back half page flyer that you can download from our website, allamericanvegan.com, and print out and hand out. Like, I think it's a good idea to have these with you when you, if you go to a restaurant and there's something there that's coconut-based to hand it to the the uh, owner of the restaurant or whoever and say, you know, do, are you aware of this cruelty? Could make sure that you get coconut from part of the world where there is no Arnhem cacks. Educate people. Hand them to your friends and coworkers because the more these companies start getting asked this question, the more uh, they're going to just switch suppliers. And, and that's how we start to put pressure on those countries that are still allowing this heinous cruelty. And you're actually seeing the... Yeah, there's a, that's an interesting thing. You were saying that this will probably phase out eventually. Yes. Yeah, so there's two things in our favor. One, so at first, and this is one thing we didn't really get into, but at first, the companies would say, we don't use primates, right? And uh, would deny that primates are are essentially used as slaves. Uh, but the narrative is starting to shift. And one of the things they're saying is they can no longer ignore it, right? There's all these mainstream publications that are reporting about it. There are uh, people like uh, Kerry Johnson talking about it. Uh, so they've shifted the narrative from no one's using monkeys. It's rare to, okay, we use monkeys, but we love them. They're our pets and we hug them and we kiss them. And, you know, like just these most completely outlandish claims true. and which right. the Oxford study disproves, right? I mean, they didn't find a single case of reward-based training or any positive welfare. Like they describe their lives as just brutal from start to finish or from start to early finish. 
uh, and uh, uh, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. One, we're starting to have pressure because they're changing the narrative. But two, you mean they're changing their narrative, which means they're feeling the pressure. They're feeling the pressure, right? right? Especially with companies like Costco saying, "Just don't even stock products from Thailand that have coconut in it," right? Uh, and not buying the casual misleading assurance lies that they don't use coconut. Yeah, I'm wondering though with, with Costco, I'm wondering if it's all their products or if it's just the main coconut ingredients. It's the main stuff. Yeah, so I mean, so there's, there's no still guarantee some guarantee that right. the, the more ar- arcane, is that the right word? The little arcane well, like, ingredients? If you buy a shampoo from- Coconut purple betaine or yes, whatever. I, if yeah. you buy a shampoo from Costco, it almost certainly will have coconut product and there's a very good chance it'll come from the three- Monkey-abusing countries, Malaysia, Indonesia, or Thailand. Uh, but, but you won't find coconut water. You won't find coconut meat. You won't find... Coconut oil or coconut, coconut butter. Oil, or right. Co- yeah, that has... From Thailand, that's from which this. is so progress. Huge progress. Progress. Right, exactly. So there's still more education to be done. But the second thing that works uh, in our favor is that uh, even though it's free... Essentially free labor because you steal the, the the babies from the wild and you feed them scraps, uh, basically your throwaway garbage food, uh, and uh, and you don't have to provide any positive welfare. You just keep them chained twenty four seven when they're not. Picking yeah, I mean the that's coconuts. the thing. They're chained when they're not being, picking the coconuts too, right? Just right. a stake in the ground. But there's uh, two things. One, uh, they're an endangered species and their populations are plummeting. And at some point, the that's going to be an international call to protect them on that basis. But the second thing is they're pretty inefficient pickers. Humans can pick a lot more actually. And that's something we got wrong when we first reported on it. Uh, And that is good news because uh, companies, countries that don't use macaque labor uh, in many cases are able to produce more coconuts. uh, How do you pronounce it? Heck, Hectare? Hectare, I think. Yeah, yeah. per hectare. And that, uh, the because reason being... people are more efficient at efficient pickers of coconuts. It, but so the question is then why are they using them? And like you said, it's because they're using them because they don't have to pay them. Right. So it's even cheap. though they might be less it's efficient, cheap. it's right. cheaper. Right. right. But the, the three combinations of more awareness and companies like Costco drawing a line in the sand, uh, consumer behavior, so that's more awareness – the inefficiency and the fact that their populations are declining and they are an endangered species. Okay. Well, so there's hope. There's hope. Okay, great. And we can uh, help push that along by making humane choices in terms of the products we know have coconut in them and making sure they come from countries that are not right. So Thailand, if, Malaysia, Indonesia. So if you love animals, if you love monkeys, make sure to tell everybody you know about what's going on. Tell them to check labels. Reach out to those companies that, that are your companies that you love. Vegan companies especially because they're going to feel the pressure and hopefully actually want to switch suppliers because they are vegan companies and they want to do right by animals, hopefully. So, uh, yeah. So help us help us spread the word. Both of our vegan cookbooks, All-American Vegan and the All-American Vegan Candy Cookbook, are available on Amazon. In addition to over 130 recipes for plant-based confections, including copycats of America's best-selling candy bars like Snickers, Twix, and Milky Way, the All-American Vegan Candy Cookbook also contains a recipe for palm oil-free and primate-friendly vegan butter. For more information, visit allamericanvegan.com. If you enjoy our conversations, please subscribe on Substack.